I mean, they ended our season last year, so it's been uh, lingering with us. It didn't sit with us the right way. I mean, we got a lot of guys coming back, and uh, a lot of guys kind of want to get that revenge. It gives us a, another kick at the can to, to take those guys down. So we, we lost them in seven last year, so hopefully uh, hopefully this year we can get the better of them. They're a good team. We played them down the stretch, and uh, I think we split with them or something. So it's going to, you know, they're a good team. You know what they're all about. The voices of Logan Mayu, Brett Brochu, and London Knights head coach Dale Hunter going into game one of round two. The London Knights and the Kitchener Rangers. It's been called three things. The, the new three R's. Used to be reading, writing, and arithmetic. Not anymore. It's been called the rematch, the rivalry, and also the revenge. You heard Brett Brochu even use that word. It is the London Knights and the Kitchener Rangers. Kyle, they are about as fired up as you can imagine in Kitchener. Let's hope London is as fired up. We're going to talk with Chris Pope, Kitchener Rangers analyst, a little later on. And he's going to tell us that they sold 10,000 tickets in Kitchener for the first two games in their building, games three and four, in an hour. Oh, and you know that they're ready. And, you know, I think that the London Knights are going to be ready too. They're, you know, the Knights shared a video of the heartbreak from last year's game seven overtime loss to Kitchener in the first round. And Harper shoots, blocker save, rebound scores! Mike Patizian and the Kitchener Rangers win it in overtime. Members of that team included Brett Brochu, Denver Barkey, Easton Cowan, Brody Crane, Landon Sim, Max McHugh. There are a multitude of players that were involved in that series that remember that series. And even with the new names coming in with a lot of depth and a lot of winning pedigree, there are quite a few individuals ready for, as you mentioned, redemption, rematch, and a, whole, uh, a chance for to reignite and shift the rivalry back into London's favor. There are 23 players who were on the rosters last year who are back for this year. 23. Two of them did not play. We're going to hear from one of them in just a second, Logan Mayu. Logan Mayu was out with an injury. Isaiah George was out with an injury. Isaiah George is a question mark going into this series. We'll find out closer to game time whether he is able to go. He has been listed day-to-day -day with an upper body injury since taking a hit from Colby Barlow, the Owen Sound attack in that first round series. Mike Stubbs and Kyle Grimard with you. You can find us on socials at Stubbs980, at Kyle Grimard, G-R-I-M-A-R-D. And thanks for finding us on the night shift you can find us at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and globalnews.ca. We're going to be examining the Kitchener Rangers from all angles. We are going to find out how the Kitchener Rangers beat the Spitfires from the Windsor perspective. We're going to find out what the difference was for the Kitchener Rangers in round one when you compare it to the rest of their season because, Kyle, they were in eighth place, the best eighth place team we've seen in a while, but they finished in eighth place and then they took care of business against a really good Windsor Spitfire team. Oh, and a Windsor Spitfire team that loaded up as well. And, you know, regardless of how good an eight seed looks, you never really anticipate one, the eight seed going in and taking care of the one seed, especially as good as Windsor was this season. But to do it in four straight games and really not give Windsor any opportunity to claw their way back in, I think is the even the more impressive part. And they closed it out 
at home, but with missing their captain as well, who's going to miss the first two games of this series as well. So this team is deep. They have the mental, they have the mental uh, capabilities of knowing how to close out a series and they are ready to go for round two. Well, we know how last year ended game seven overtime and Mike Patizian. And that was the end of the night season is that still lingering? Well, we sat down with Logan Mayu to find out how the team feels going into this year. Logan Mayu last year had the unenviable position of not even being able to play. He had to watch last year's series between the teams. Yeah, I mean, obviously I had a little shoulder issue there, so I was out uh for the back half of the season, and uh, but I was there for all the playoff games, and uh, I watched them all. So, uh, I mean, I was sitting in the crowd there, and, uh, I mean, that game could have went either way, to be honest. Uh, we had a few guys out, a couple guys playing hurt, too, but, I mean, that's what playoffs are about. But, uh, I mean, Kitchener won. I'm not going to say the best team won there, but uh, I, that's how it ended, and uh, yeah, we'll definitely be looking to get that back this year, that's for sure. Logan Mayu joining us. And if you count you and Isaiah George, who also couldn't play in that series because of injury, you get 12 guys who are a part of game seven, either on or off the ice, who are back this year. Do you talk about last year at all, or is that in the past, maybe in the back of your mind, and it's all about now? Yeah, I mean, definitely we talk about it. It's something that, uh, I mean, they ended our season last year, so it's been uh, lingering with us. It didn't sit with us the right way. I mean, Personally, I was hoping we got them in the first round so we could give it back to them, but uh, what we didn't, we ended up getting Owen Sound, and uh, but now we're matched up against some round two here coming up. So, um, I mean, like you said, we got a lot of guys coming back, and uh, a lot of guys kind of want to get that revenge. So it, uh, it's definitely going to be a, a, a fueled-up series, you could say here, that's for sure. The Knights and the Rangers begin tomorrow night, game number one. There are still a few tickets available. Get those, 519-681-0800, or you can go to London Knights right now, and you can see what tickets are available, where they are on the website. Logan, you had two sold-out crowds in game one and game two, and then an overtime victory in game two against Owen Sound. What was it like? What did it sound like inside Budweiser Gardens? Yeah, I mean, I, I could barely hear myself think. So uh, it was uh, it was definitely an electric crowd. I think that's uh, kind of the loudest and rowdiest uh, they've been all year. And I mean, we've uh, we've had the we've got the best fans in the league, and they've uh, they've been showing up all year. And then the fact that they show up for us like that in the playoffs and uh, get loud like they do, it's unreal. It's like having a seventh player out there. So uh, it's definitely something we feed off of. Uh, so hopefully we can get get that back these two games as well. Let's hope so. All right, head to LondonKnights.com and check that out if you are free tomorrow night. There's only one place that you need to be. Logan, in terms of round number one, as a team, what do you guys think you learned about yourselves in beating Owen Sound? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's just playoff hockey at the end of the day. It's uh, it's different. It's a lot tighter hockey. You don't score as many goals. I mean, obviously we had uh, – one game that was a blowout there, but then it turns right back around, and the next game it's uh, overtime. So uh, it's uh, it's just crazy uh, how playoffs work. I mean, it could be any team's night, any game of the week. So uh, you just got to show up every night and kind of play your game and uh, hope it turns out the right way. But de definitely everything's kind of amped up uh, a few notches here, and then 
uh, I mean, going into round two, and then uh, teams are narrowing down here. So it's, uh, it's definitely starting to get fun, that's for sure. If you can complete a series in four games, you get a gift. You get some time off. What's it been like to really kind of get yourselves prepared, go step-by-step step into tomorrow night and have that time? Yeah, I mean, it's been huge for sure. I mean, uh, obviously getting that sweep there, that was great. But, uh, I mean, Kitchener had the same thing there. Uh, I mean, them being the first eighth seed team to ever uh, sweep the first seed in OHL history, they're, uh, I mean, they're riding off a high off of that for sure. So they've kind of had the same rest as us. But, uh, I mean, it's just given us time to kind of practice pre-scale Kitchener, do a lot of video, a lot of uh, in-practice stuff of how, how we're going to play our systems and, what kind of systems they play. So uh, it definitely just gives us a lot of time to prepare. But at the end of the day, it, uh, it all means nothing if we don't go out there and play the right way. Finally, you're coming off a four-point game in game four, two big goals, big assist in game three. When you look at, at your overall game, how do you feel that, that things are going right now? Is this uh, Is this a peak for you? Uh, yeah, I, I think I'm playing uh, some of my best hockey right now. Uh, I mean, I'm playing a lot of hockey, too. I mean, you look at my minutes there, uh, I think I was averaging over 28 that series. Uh, so I played uh, – I was definitely playing a lot. I'm getting all the opportunities there, that's for sure. So, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, points and stuff, I just try to do whatever I can to help the team win here. So, whether I got to play defensive and shut down the other team's top line, I'm perfectly fine with that, too. So, uh, I think we were kind of matched up with uh, with Barlow and them there that series. And uh, I think uh, me and Georgie did a pretty good job, and me and McKinnon as well, of, uh, of shutting them down. So, I mean, obviously this team's got a, a really good top six, so it, uh, it should be interesting, that's for sure. Can't wait. Logan, thanks for this. Good luck in game one. Thank you very much. Isn't that neat, Kyle? May you not looking at the stat line. I throw his stat line at him and he says, no, 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 no. I, yeah, it was, it's the, it's the minutes that seems to be front and center in his mind, being able to contribute this year when he wasn't last year. And he did log a lot of minutes against Owen Sound. My goodness, did he ever. And he will continue to be counted on for those heavy minutes, those big minutes. And he was a key contributor in their closing game against the attack on the road. He had four points and a five nothing win. So that that's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of contributions on the back end. But like you said, a lot of minutes, it's eating up big minutes. You hear that all the time when teams go into a playoff series, especially in the NHL. You always look at the team's number one defenseman and the minutes they log. Guys like Kale McCarr and, and Victor Hedman and Roman Yossi and guys like that who just eat minutes. And that's kind of what Logan Mayu. actually, it's exactly what Logan Mayu does for this team, and he does very well. We also have a question mark surrounding Isaiah George. We said it. He's been listed as day-to-day. Will he be able to go for game number one of this series? That's not known right now, but we'll find out closer to game time. Check our socials, and we'll certainly have that for you. Another thing that comes up, Kyle, is the style that this series could be because Kitchener's got some big guys. Mitchell Martin, we talked about in our last podcast, led them in scoring in the first round of the playoffs. This guy's big, but he's also very skilled. And in the playoffs, size does matter. What do you think? Series of skill or a series of will or a combination? What do you feel? I was going to say, I think it sounds like a cop-out, but I think it's going to be a little bit of both because you need your skill to separate from, you know, the clashing of two teams back and forth. And sometimes skill, in fact, does separate, but it is a mental 
capacity. It's a mental factor as well. The Knights mentally, can they get over losing in seven games last year to Kitchener? Is Kitchener going to be able to use that to their advantage? Like you said, there's 23 players on both rosters combined who played in the series last year who are back in it for round two this year. So I, I really do think it's a combination of the two. If you have a gun to my head and you have to tell me which one to pick, I'm going to go a series of will strictly due to the amount of players coming back and playing, but skill is going to play a big factor and guys like Denver Barkey and Brody crane and, and Cowan and Winterton and all those guys are going to have to be key contributors. There's another big component of this because you have George Diaco, Ryan Winterton, and Ryan Humphrey going up against their former goaltender. They all won an OHL championship together in Marco Costantini. And later in the podcast, Chris Pope is going to tell a pretty cool story about Marco Costantini and talk about the success that he has had in the postseason. So that's a big one. And don't forget, George Diaco was very clear with us when it comes down to shooter or goalie, who has the advantage? I think 100% the goalie does. Um, I've been practicing with him for the last four years, and I think he knows every one of my moves, so I might need to change some up, but yeah, it'll be fun for sure. Kyle, George gives it right to the goalie. Yeah, he really does. And, you know, to a sense, I do, I can't agree. Just playing growing up and playing a year of junior, you start getting you start getting familiar with certain players shooting tendencies and you know, their shoulders, how they look you off, what they're trying to fake, what they're trying to do. But there is the odd player that can sometimes sneak up on a goaltender and they just have them figured out. It happened with me with a, he was a, a, th- a third pairing physical defenseman who wasn't known for his scoring, but in practice, Mike, he had my number and I had no idea how to, how to back, how to really counteract it. But then some of the higher end skill players on, on our team, you know, I knew their tendencies. So, I'm wondering if that's going to be the same case. Maybe these guys can get their head or maybe, you know, those three won't be the big necessary guys. Maybe it is a Sean McGurn. Maybe it is uh, a Denver Barkey guys who didn't play with Constantini a year prior. We'll find out as the series moves along. Let's dig into the Kitchener Rangers. Let's begin with the question. Everybody is asking. How did the Kitchener Rangers beat the Windsor Spitfires? How did they become the first eighth seed to knock off a number one seed? Well, we went to Windsor to find out. Manny Pava is a Spitfires analyst and gives us the opponent's perspective on how the Kitchener Rangers beat the Windsor Spitfires. When you're that successful, Mike, uh, I think there's a number of factors that have to go your way. And I think uh, some of the things that really stood out for me Uh, for the Kitchener Rangers is they were healthy for the first time in a long time. And I think that's part of the reason why they slid down to eighth. I think the coaching change also had a factor in that as they went 12 with their final 19 games in the regular season with Mike McKenzie on the bench. But I thought they were the more physical team in the playoff series. They were the more opportunistic team. And I also thought special teams were a huge factor. Uh, Windsor, which had the second best power play in the regular season. They went one for 17 by my count. And the Spitfires also gave up four shorthanded goals in four games. That really spells trouble if you're the Windsor Spitfires, and it did. And it spelled trouble in four games. Um, Kitchener not only scored three times on the power play and half the chances that they had, but as I mentioned, they had those four shorthanded goals. And I really thought that really gave them momentum um, in 
the first two series, first two victories of the series in Windsor and then coming home. Mitchell Martin led them in scoring in the first round. Was this a, a step up in his game? He's been good, but was this a, a different Mitchell Martin? Very different Mitchell Martin. He pushed the Windsor Spitfires around. He was very physical. Mike, you and I have seen a lot of junior hockey. This guy's an NHL player. The way he performed in the first round of the playoffs, going to the net hard, skating hard, being a physical presence, um, just really good uh, puck possession play, I thought, in the offensive zone. And then he did what a lot of the other Kitchener Rangers forwards did. They were tremendous on the back check. Um, I, I didn't think the Rangers were known for their defensive play, but the forwards, especially from uh, our Curry, who's normally an offensive guy, Mashar, who's normally an offensive guy, and Martin is a big body, they really did a tremendous job on the back check and limited Windsor's high powered offense and didn't really give them much in front of Marco Constantini. Manny, thank you so much for the rundown on this. Uh, hopefully, I know the summer is early, but hopefully it's a great one for you. Enjoy all the sunshine, and we'll talk soon. Mike, I'm not a, done yet with hockey. I'm going to come and see you at Budweiser Gardens, I'm sure, and check out some of the games. Please, please, Manny, <laughs> thank you. Anytime, Mike. Windsor Spitfires analyst Manny Pava. So special teams seem to be big. We mentioned Francesco Pinelli will not be dressing in games one or two because of a suspension. He's the captain of the Rangers. He had five points in three games against Windsor. He missed game four, but he had two goals in that five points. Both of them were shorthanded goals. Two of those four shorthanded goals that Manny Pavis was talking about. So that's from the Windsor perspective. But let's face it, this Kitchener Ranger team was a very different team by the end of the season than they were at the beginning of the season, not just because of some of the players that they added, like a Marco Costantini and a Francesco R. Curry and Leighton Moore. They picked up an overage defenseman. They made a lot of moves to get guys. They also had players who weren't there last year who made big contributions like Philip Mishar, who's a draft pick of the Montreal Canadiens. But seriously, what was different for the Kitchener Rangers in round one when compared to the regular season? Well, for that answer, we went to Kitchener. Here's Rangers analyst Chris Pope to fill us in. First, though, Chris tells us just how ready the Kitchener fans are for this. How many tickets sold again and in how little time? 5,000 for game three and 5,000 for game four, all within an hour of tickets going on sale. Uh, it's almost laughable, but like, I don't know why anybody is shocked by that number. You know, like uh, they legit for the first time since 2008, there wasn't a ticket to be had to a Kitchener Rangers game. Uh, game four in the first round against Windsor. And I said to a few people around the team and around the rink, I said, guys, folks, like London is in here next round. What do you think it's going to be like that? <laughs> like, it's just crazy. And, you know, I as much talk as there is between the, the two franchises and the rivalry and stuff, and I just think it's awesome. And here we are, you know, the you and Jim and Mike and myself, we get to call another uh, – London Knights Kitchener Rangers playoff matchup and how, like we're just blessed how awesome is this may it go seven games into overtime all over again I know the teams won't be cheering for that but boy I'm cheering for that 
Chris, how did Kitchener do it? Is there a way to look and at least give maybe this happened or this happened that saw them beat the Windsor Spitfires? Well, listen, this is Wednesday night. Am I allowed to give out the pointers? Is Dale going to be listening? No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) Dale would take one look at the video and know exactly what was happening Um, because it was team defense. Pretty simple. When you're facing a team who had the season like Windsor had, Stubbsy, and the only team in the OHL to score over 300 goals, they scored 320 in the regular season. Kitchener held them to seven over the four-game series. You don't win and you don't sweep a team like Windsor if you're not all in on defense. Um, They're just too talented up front, too many big guns and too much depth. And the Rangers forwards just really bought in for the first time all year into playing team defense. Um, It was four of the most complete games I've ever seen a team play, if I'm being perfectly honest, um, in, in concession like they did. Um, you had guys like Philip Mishar and Francesco R. Curry, who are obviously offensively talented, and that's where you know they make their name in the Ozone. But they were guys making the defensive play on the goal line in the defensive end. They were guys tracking back and taking away a two-on-one. Um, and when you have players like that and and Francesco Pinelli playing the 200-foot game, it's pretty easy for other players on other lines to fall in. Um, but it was one through four, like. I think twice in that series, the Rangers got a goal from all four lines. And when you have depth scoring, and I've said it before, I think come playoff time, more often than not, the the top six kind of even each other out um, when it gets into late into the playoffs. And it, it's usually the depth guys or a timely goal by the top six um, that get the job done. And you look at a guy like Adrian Misseljevic, a fourth-line center who missed 19 games with an upper body injury. Um, he comes back and plays nine before the end of the season, gets three goals in those, those nine games and gets two more in the playoffs. So he's come back as a total different player and he's adding that secondary scoring the teams needed. And they've found ways to uh, get timely goals from guys, but it, it comes down to just playing good defense. And when you have uh, a defensive core like the Rangers do and a OHL champion goaltender, it's pretty easy when for your for your OHL championship goaltender it becomes a little easier when your full team is playing defense and playing a full 200 foot game. Kitchener Rangers analyst Chris Pope joining us. Chris, let's end off on that. Let's end off on the fact that you have an OHL caliber, OHL championship caliber goaltender in Marco Costantini for the Kitchener Rangers. On the other side, you've got Brett Brochu, who's been an OHL goalie of the year. I mean, right now, among goalies that have played three games. You have Brett Brochu, number one in goals against average. Marco Costantini, number two. Switch it to save percentage. Marco Costantini's number one. <laughs> Brett Brochu is number two. But that I know how to win resume that Costantini has that George Diaco and Ryan Humphrey and Ryan Winterton have on the London Knights. How big is that right now? I don't, there's no answer to that because it's unmeasurable. Um, as a guy who's been in the room, when you have someone who has been there and done that and they don't need to say anything, like you just know that they've been there and they've done it. It gives your team a little more confidence. You know, you look at at all team members will be looking. I'm sure before the the series started against Owen Sound, I'm sure everybody looked around and looked at George and the Ryans and just watched what they were doing, watched how they were carrying themselves. And they're going to follow that. And when you have a guy like Marco, who uh, <laughs> I'll tell a quick story. I was, I was laughing game three, I think at home for the Rangers, 
second intermission. So Costantini's in the far end and he's coming off and the Windsor Spitfires, there's about three of them basically standing surrounding his crease as he skates off and they're barking at him, trying to get in his head. And I just laughed on air and far was like, what are you laughing? I'm like, I told him what I saw. And I said, like, they're barking up the wrong tree. That's Fort Knox. Like you're not going to rattle this guy's cage. He's, he's unrattleable. If that's a word after the four game sweep, the first time in OHL history, an eighth seed has swept a one seed. Marco Costantini goes out for the second star and he goes back in the room and they're all waiting on cause. And everyone starts, you know, getting excited in the dressing room. Well, cause just goes and sits down and the coaching staff are even like, Marco, like, what are you, what are you doing? And one of the players chimed up, boys, He's been to the Memorial Cup final. He's been to game seven of the OHL final. This is round one, game four. He's not too excited. <laughs> like, it's just, there's no moment that is too big for Marco Costantini. It, it had his own coaches laughing at him after the, the, the biggest sweep in OHL history. It's just, it it's Marco. And he came as advertised. He's not the most boisterous person in the world. He's not going to talk your ear off. He just stops pucks and that's it and he goes about this as a business he go, comes to the rink he's not interested in being you know the most popular guy on the team or the first on last that he comes he goes to work he leaves he comes back to work that's who marco costantini is and i i always say he's the goaltender that gives us goaltenders a bad name because he's a little off you know what i mean but when it doesn't matter what personality you have or how you gel or anything if you can stop pucks the way marco has and can I mean, everybody wants him on his team. Like his playoff numbers are absolutely insane. And I know Hamilton was built the special way last year, but Marco's played 23 playoff games in the OHL and he has four shutouts. So he's basically shutting out a team for you every series, at least one game. And in those 23 games, he has 20 wins. 20. The only three losses in his OHL playoff career have come against the Windsor Spitfires in last year's final where they went seven. It's absolutely bananas. The numbers he's been able to put up. If you like, I always say, if you have a goals against average in this league of anywhere around three, you're probably doing a good job. And for his goals against in the playoffs career to be 220 and a save percentage of 921, you can just tell that this guy's made for the big game because his heart rate doesn't get over seven. How fun is this going to be? Popper, thank you for taking us through this. We'll see you for game one. Stubbsy, I cannot wait. What a series. Two great goaltenders, two excellent defenses, two offenses that are so deep. This is going to be one heck of a series. I can't wait. Chris Pope with a story of Marco Costantini. And that's the kind of thing that the Knights also have. You didn't have George Diaco and Ryan Winterton and Ryan Humphrey celebrating much of a win over the Owen Sound attack. Kyle, it's, it's round one. It's, well, that's exactly it. You know, it's as the rounds go on, you start facing the tougher competition and the, you know, the, the, the better teams seem to weed out maybe the weaker ones. And now we get to a point where, you know, these, you know, Kitcher was one of the best, they were fighting for their playoff lives at the end of the year. They really had to get on a roll and start winning some games to make sure they secured a playoff spot and that carried right into the first round. You mentioned this, Mike, that they were playing really well and there was a possibility. I believe you picked them over Windsor as a team you 
you would rather not see you. I think you went with Windsor over Kitchener, not just due to last year, but how they played down the stretch, the players that they acquired at the deadline and who they acquired at the beginning of the year to make a playoff push. You get a, an OHL championship goaltender. You surround your team with veterans and guys who have been there before, similar to what London has done. But now these two get to go head to head. And for good reason, they're one of the top remaining teams. Now let's zero in on the London Knights. Here is London Knights assistant coach Rick Stedman on how this week has gone. You know what? Um, it's been good. Uh, we've had a lot of history with the Kitchener Rangers, not just uh, 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 recently and uh, and a lot of time before. Uh, so it's an exciting time to go. Um, we've been uh, really preparing. Uh, guys have been uh, watching video and we've been going over stuff. So we feel uh, pretty prepared. There are 21 players who were on the ice in Game 7 who are getting set for this series, plus Logan Mayu and Isaiah George were both injured last year. But when you look at that many players ready for what's being called the rematch, how much of last year does echo into this year? I think it's one of those things where you just don't want to make the same mistakes. Um, we obviously made a few mistakes out there and things didn't go the way we wanted to. And and that feeling of losing in a game seven uh, really is, there can't be a worse feeling really. Um, it, it gets you all the way down um, and it, it's really tough on everybody. So it's one of those things you don't want to feel that again. So I think the guys are, are really prepared. They know what they need to do. Uh, they know how hard it's going to be, how every little play uh uh, could make the difference for the way the game goes. So I think that experience was huge for our guys, and uh, hopefully they can put it into work uh, coming up. Rick, if we look at the two games in February, one finished 5-4, one finished 4-3 in overtime, is that what you expect from this series, that the games will feel like those two did as opposed to some of the other ones you played against Kitchener this year? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're we're two very evenly matched teams. Um, they got a lot of skill up front. They got good D goaltenders already been there before. Um, so yeah, we expect it to be tight games um, where every play uh, could make the difference in the game, whether it's uh, offensively or defensively. So it's going to come down to all the small details, uh, focusing on what we know we can do um, and making sure that we play our game. Knights assistant coach Rick Stedman joining us. The London Knights getting set to take on the Kitchener Rangers for the second year in a row. Rick, how physical do you think this series will be? You know what? I think in the in the playoffs, it, it goes to a whole new level. Um, I think our last series against Owen Sound, we had um, likely more big hits in that series than we had our, our whole year. Um, and then this series, I think, is going to be the same again uh, both ways. Guys want to win so bad. Um, playing in the playoffs, like I said, is is one of those things that it, it's just so much fun. There's so much excitement. The fans are yelling. You get you get so pumped up that, that you're going to go out there and you're going to do everything you can and, and being physical and hitting and driving the net and, and doing all those little things are part of that. When it comes to the actual game in game one and game two, the Rangers will be without Francesco Pinelli. Does that change the way that they play? It definitely changes uh, the way they play a little bit. Uh, Benelli's such a puck possession guy. He drives their, their first power play. He drives uh, the puck up the ice. He's constantly carrying it. He's constantly creating turnovers. He's one of those guys as a opposing uh, coach you're worried about out there. Um, he does a lot of uh, good things for them. So uh, for them not having him is huge. But the other guys, they stepped up. Um, they didn't have him for two games in Windsor, basically two games uh, in Windsor. And, and they stepped up and they played well. So the, all these other guys, they know how to play. 
Uh, they know what they're doing out there, and they're going to uh, put their best foot forward. Finally, the Owen Sound series will always read a 4 nothing series, but the things that they threw at you in game two, you had to adjust on the fly because they came out with a totally different system that they'd not used. There was no video to have watched about that. There was nothing to suggest that they would do it. And then back-to-back overtime games and then having to clinch a game in their building. How much do you think that helped going through all of those experiences in round one? I think that's huge, and especially those overtime games. That overtime stressful in regular season, um, but to go into playoffs, uh, knowing that it could be it's five on five, it could go two or three. Um, knowing that you, you could make one mistake or you get a little more tired and something happens, it, it's just very stressful out there uh, for the guys, and they they know it's a high intense moment. So just to go through a couple of those, get our feet wet, win a couple. Uh, it makes you feel a lot better, but if we go to an overtime against Kitchener here, we'll know what it feels like. We'll be ready for it. Nobody likes to talk about health in the postseason, but I have to ask it. Uh, health-wise, how are things? Good. Everybody's good. Everybody's coming back around. The injuries are now all minor, um, and we haven't had any worries otherwise. Rick, good luck in round two. Thanks, Stubbsy. So the Knights are ready. The Kitchener Rangers are ready. The series goes. Thursday, Friday, back-to-back games in London. Get your tickets. There are still some available for game one if you are listening to this on Thursday, and that is at londonnights.com and also at 519-681-0800. And then the series shifts to Kitchener for game three, and that will end up being Sunday, April the 16th, and then game four on Tuesday, April the 18th, and then we see whether or not we have anything left to do after that. Either way, I think everybody's pretty confident in saying, yeah, we're uh, we're probably going to have more to do after game four in this series. Now, well, Kyle, if we look around at the other three series, all of them open Friday night. Here's a question for all of them. Sarnia and Saginaw, how does Saginaw keep from just being happy to be in round two? Barry and North Bay, how did the battalion contain Brant Clark? He had 17 points in five games in the first round. And then Ottawa and Peterborough, I think, Kyle, we're finally going to find out how good the Peets are really. Well, yeah, and Ottawa was a wagon all season long. They did what they did in the first round, and Peterborough, you know, advanced as well. And now, now it's a true test. Now you go up against the top team in the OHL this this past year, and Ottawa was a team similar to Windsor. They really loaded up. Guys like Logan Morrison coming to their team, and they beefed up for a run like this. So that is going to be a really good matchup. Brent Clark on another level right now, and I think he if they. That's the guy. If you can find a way to shut down Brand Clark, you've got a pretty good chance for if you're North Bay. And then, like you mentioned, Sarnia Saginaw. You know, Saginaw finds a way to to escape in the game seven. They move on to round two. And, you know, Sarnia, here's a team coming in who, you know, were one of the hottest teams in the OHL. And I think if I think if Saginaw keeps that series somewhat close, if that's another six-game series for for them to go against the sting, I think they'll be happy. Of course, anything more will be gravy, but you know, that'll be a, a, another test similar to to the Pizzas. That's a good measuring stick for Saginaw against Sarnia. It certainly is. And I mean, Saginaw is going to be hosting next year. The Sarnia Sting are a Memorial Cup caliber team right now. I mean, we have others that are left over and they want to prove that they're there. But the Sarnia Sting are a Memorial Cup caliber team. You want to see what it's like to play in the Memorial Cup? Well, here's as many as seven games against a team like that. Before we go, Kyle, 
Let's congratulate Matt Anushka, because as much as the Windsor Spitfires lost out in round one to the Kitchener Rangers, Matt Anushka kind of took advantage of that because he signed a tryout contract with the Toronto Maple Leafs and backed up against the Tampa Bay Lightning, has been able to get in and show what he can do against shooters in practice. He, of course, was drafted by the Kingston Frontenacs, traded to the London Knights, traded to Windsor, helped Windsor get to Game 7 of the OHL Championship Series last year. And so Matanushka fulfilling an NHL dream, and who knows where that goes from here. Uh, it's so awesome to see and, and him just being on the bench and, and, and you see some of the players too. I, I think Luke Shen was one of the guys who said they really did everything they could to make them feel welcome and be a part of the team and just getting to sit there and you see some of the, the names on that Toronto Maple Leafs team. And there's been a couple amateur tryout goaltenders they've had on there. So really awesome moment for him to get to wear that Jersey and uh, definitely one he won't forget. That's for sure. Kyle, let's hope this is a series that we will not forget. We were talking about it with Chris Pope. What about overtime in game seven again? Fans would love it. I think the teams want to take care of business before we get to that point. It all begins on Thursday night at Budweiser Gardens in London. You can hear the coverage beginning at 6.30, 980CFPL at 980CFPL.ca and on the Radio Player Canada app. And then don't forget, after the game, if you're heading there, after the buzzer with Kyle Grimard, we'll break down what happened in game number one. You can find Kyle on socials at Kyle Grimard, G-R-I-M-A-R-D. You can find me, Mike Stubbs, at Stubbs980. And you can find this show wherever you get your shows, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and globalnews.ca. Kyle, go, Knights, go. It's going to be a heck of a series. I can't wait. Let's get Budweiser Gardens rocking. There's going to be fans from both teams going into each other's buildings. It's you're 45 minutes away. And, and I can't wait. Like you said, all starts Thursday night. Follow the podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, at Stubbs980 on socials at Kyle Grimard. And the next episode, Mike, will be breaking down the first few games of round number two in our 50th episode. Wow. Three of them will be in the books. Have a great night. Have a great weekend.